the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So for anyone here who feels like you're not qualified, if anyone here today you feel like it's too late for you to be used by God, if there's anyone here who says, you know what, Pastor, I've, got, I've made too many mistakes. God, God could never use someone like me. I, I have such a checkered past. If there's anyone here who says, I, I don't have the right skill set, Pastor, God, God can't use someone like me. I want you to know you are exactly the type of people God uses. And that's why he picked Abraham. And that's why he'll use you. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share Him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford. And we join him right now with his message for us today. How many of you know you go to one of the greatest churches in America? You got you to know that. You got to know that. We're looking at how God begins a nation. God, there's people on the earth. A thousand years have happened since the flood. And God wants to start a new nation. Now, I want you to go back to Genesis 12, 1. Uh, we begin here as we look briefly. I want to look and focus in on this man named Abraham or Abram. Uh, you can see in verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram to leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. I want to go over these promises. If you look in your Bible and you go down to verse 4, you can see that it says in verse 4 that when this whole thing begins, that Abram is 75 years of age. That's when the story begins, all right? So it starts when he's age 75. And God comes along and he makes these, what I call, five promises. The first one is that he says, I will make you into a great nation. And God told Abraham that one day, I know you're 75, uh, but one day your children will outnumber the stars in the heavens. And then he said, I'm going to bless you. And I, I want you to just imagine God taking his hand and saying to Abraham, I, I am going to put my hand of blessing upon your life. And there's no better place to live than under the blessing of God. Can someone say amen to that? Number three, he said, your name will be great. I want to ask you, is there anyone besides Jesus Christ, is there another name that is more well known around the world than the name of Abraham? When God looked at Abram and said, I'm going to make your name great among the nations, did God or did he not fulfill that promise? He absolutely did. And number four, he said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And that's why we as a church, as Christians, we stand 
in support of the nation of Israel because God, those are God's people. And God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And so that's why we often take a group to Israel uh, and, and go visit the Holy Land because of our support for the nation of Israel. And number five, quickly, this gets back to you. It says that all, say the word all, all people on this earth will be blessed through you. Now, I've got several things about Abram I want to explain. Number one, write this down. He's old. When God gave Abram instructions to leave his family, didn't tell him where he was going. He just said, I want you to leave. Most people I know that age are trying to get to Florida. Amen? And God's just going, i got a journey for you. And he promises one day that his offspring will outnumber the stars in the sky. You need to know that Abram is no spring chicken. And he's childless. He's got no children. His wife is past the childbearing years. Not only is he getting up there in years, not only is he childless, but he also, you might not know this, he came from a family of idol worshipers. Did you know that about him? The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 24 that Abram's father, his name was Terah. Terah was an idol maker and an idol worshiper. We kind of think that Abram always just grew up, always like, like he grew up in church or something. No, he grew up worshiping false idols. He is not the prototype of who you would think God would select to begin a new nation. Now, I I, I want you to write this down because this is a trend. It's not just Abraham. You're going to see this over and over and over and over and over and over through the whole Bible. That God usually uses the most unlikely people to accomplish his purpose and his will. Abraham was old, Leah was unattractive, Joseph was a slave, Moses was a stutterer, Gideon was fearful, Samson was proud, Rahab was a prostitute, yet God used her. David was an adulterer and a murderer, Elijah was suicidal, Jeremiah was depressed half the time, Jonah was rebellious, Naomi was a widow, Mary was a poor teenage girl. Martha was a worry wart. Thomas had his doubts. Peter had that disease where every time he opened his mouth, he inserted his foot. (laughs) Paul had poor health. Timothy was timid. And the list goes on and on. What I see right off the bat here is that the people that God will use to tell his story are people just like you and people just like me. And you know why he picks people like you and me? Why does God use a long list of misfits? Why would God call on an elderly, infertile couple to populate a nation? Because that's what God does. And he does things so at the end of the day that the only one who gets credit for it is God. God used an ex-con from the Nixon administration, named Chuck Colson, to launch the largest prison ministry in the world that is still in existence today and some of you don't even realize that there are revival happening in some of the prisons in america today god used a quadriplegic named johnny uh, erickson tata to teach us about where true joy comes from it comes from the lord jesus christ god used a blind and deaf and mute woman by the name of helen keller to alter our consciousness about the capacity that 
that we believe that people have that have special needs. And when God wanted to remind us that there's a place called heaven and it's still real, he used a four-year-old boy named Colton to do that. So for anyone here who feels like you're not qualified, if anyone here today you feel like it's too late for you to be used by God, if there's anyone here who says, you know what, Pastor, I've, got, I've made too many mistakes. God, God could never use someone like me. I, I have such a checkered past. If there's anyone here who says, I, I don't have the right skill set, Pastor, God, God can't use someone like me. I want you to know you are exactly the type of people God uses, and that's why he picked Abraham, and that's why he'll use you. Number two, he steps out of bounds. Abraham steps out of bounds. I, I want you to turn in your Bibles to chapter 16. Chapter 16. And in your notes, you can just write this down there on point point number two there just put it's like the saddest chapter in the bible it's one of the saddest chapters in the whole bible abram is now 85 everyone say 85 how old was he when this story started he was 75 so for 10 years he remembers that god said he was gonna be the father of many nations and he still didn't have a child and sarah is now 75. She's about 10 years younger than Abram. She's getting up there in years. No children, no offspring. And instead of waiting, instead of fully trusting, they overstep the will of God. They step out of bounds. It was actually his wife, Sarai, who came into Abram and said, Honey, we're not getting any younger. And God told us that we were to be the father, the parents of a new nation. And it was the wife Sarah who suggested that maybe you could have a relationship with our maidservant, Hagar. She's much younger and she can give birth to a child and maybe that's how we're to begin this new nation. And a lot of times when a new Christian reads some of this stuff, they go, I can't believe that's in the Bible. You've got to understand God never covers up sin. I mean, he never... He, he, he shows you the good and the bad in, in people. And this is, one of those, this is one of those bad moments. And we see Abraham overstep his boundaries. And he and Hagar have this son. And the son's name is Ishmael. Say Ishmael. And I want you to look at verse 12. Chapter 16, verse 12. It says that he, Ishmael, will be a wild donkey of a man. That's an interesting way to explain your son. But this is not just a boy in his terrible threes. This is a man. He will be a wild donkey of a man, and his hand will be against everyone. And everyone's hand will be against him. And the Bible says that he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Now, what you need to understand is that when Abraham and Sarah finally have a child, that is where the Jewish race comes from. When Abram oversteps and has a relationship with Hagar, and they have this son named Ishmael, that that's where all the Arabs come from. And even today, and you can write this down, centuries of hostility. It's been going on for 4,000 years. The Arabs fighting with the Jews, the Jews in hostility with the Arabs. Now, that's not true for all Jews and all Arabs, but generally speaking... Even today, you have this little tiny nation of Israel. If you ever look at it on a map, 
and it's surrounded by these giant countries, Arab countries. And you read about it every single day, if you don't have your head buried in the sand, of the hostility between the Jews and the Arabs. That, that guy up there in Iran who's calling for the destruction of Israel, he's an Arab. He comes from the lineage of Ishmael. And again, as they do their family tree from Abraham and Hagar and Ishmael, eventually comes the prophet Muhammad and, and the nation of Islam. And, and I'm just telling you that this verse that you read is, you're seeing it today, 4,000 years later. And if the Lord doesn't come back for another 4,000 years, guess what? They're going to be in hostility for the next 4,000 years. And so what happens next is one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. And I want you to write this down. He's old, he's out of bounds, but then he becomes obedient. And this is all because I believe of the sovereignty of God. I want you to turn to chapter 17 quickly. We have a lot to go over still. Go to chapter 17. Verse 1 in your Bible. The Bible says that Abram is now, how old is he? He's 99! How old was he when this story started? He was 75. He's almost 100. So this is 25 years later. That's a long time. He's 99. And the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, Abraham. Hey, hey, hey you've messed up. You stepped out of bounds. I want you to live blameless. He said, you got to live right, Abraham. And then verse 2. He reconfirms what he said 25 years earlier. I will reconfirm my covenant between me and you. I, I know you don't believe this, but I'm going to greatly increase your numbers. And if you read through chapter 17, which I don't have time today, he goes back over all those same promises that your numbers will increase. You'll become the father of many nations. Your name, uh, he actually turns his name from Abram to Abraham. He says you'll be fruitful. And then he, in chapter 17, he gives him the promise of the land. I'm going to give you all this land. But then he makes one more promise to this 99-year-old guy. Look down at verse 16. Chapter 17, verse 16. He says, I'm going to bless her, Sarah, and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations and kings of people will come from her. Now, how do you think Abram received this news? Look at verse 17. The Bible says that he fell. Now, did he fall backwards? Or did he fall forward? He fell face down. Now, I want to ask you a question. What would you do if you saw a 99-year-old guy fall, fall on his face? What would you do? You'd run over there. You okay, man? Is your hip okay? I mean, is everything okay? And as they got close to him, he was down there on his face just laughing. <laughs> this old man laughing. And he's laughing so hard he can't even talk. He's just thinking this. He says to himself, he's doing the math. Will a son be born to a man when he's 100 years old? He's like, he's like I'm going to have a birthday. And he knows it's going to take nine months to, have, uh, to, get, to go through this whole thing. And he's going to have a birthday in four months. And uh, he's like, I'm going to be 100. And he goes, he goes, will a man be 100 years old when he has a child? And he says about Sarah, he goes, will Sarah bear a child when she... Will, will Sarah... He's just down there laughing. Will Sarah bear a child when she's 90? I want you to skip all the way to chapter 21. Go all the way to chapter 21. 
Because we have the promise. He's 99. He's laying on the floor laughing. And in chapter 21, verse 2, the promise is fulfilled. Sarah becomes what? Pregnant. And bore a son to Abram in his old age at the very time that God had promised him. Verse 3. Abraham gave him the name Isaac to the son that Sarah bore him. Skip down to verse 6. Now, what does she do? After the, after the son, this is after the son is born. Okay, he's here. Okay, he's here. She starts laughing. Verse 6. And she says, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh. And they're not laughing at her. She's laughing too. You know, you're laughing at someone when they're not laughing. When, you're, when they're laughing and you're laughing and you're laughing with them. She's laughing. She said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would be nursing children? Imagine what that looks like. <laughs> Just think about that for a minute. So you have chapter 7. You have the promise. Chapter 21. The promise is fulfilled. And then we come to chapter 22. Oh, we come to a test. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis 22. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, verse 2. And God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. What does that sound like? What other verse in the Bible does that sound like? It sounds like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Remember that verse? Because this is all symbolic of what takes place. In John chapter 3, verse 16. Look at verse 2. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. Verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife and the two of them went on together verse 7 Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham father yes my son Abraham replied the fire and the wood are here Isaac said but where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham answered God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering my son and the two of them went on together and when they reached the place that God had told him about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And verse 10 says, Then he reached out his hand and he took a knife to slay, to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! And Abraham said, Here I am! I think he said that quickly. I think he said it as fast as he could. And then the Bible says in verse 12, do not lay a hand on that boy. Do not do anything to him. And then God said this, because see, he passed the test. He said, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, 
your only son. So we have the fact that he's old, he's out of bounds, he's obedient. And number four, write this down. Here's how this all ends. He's our forefather. Go all the way to Romans. You've just jumped 2,000 years. Romans chapter 4. Abraham took place 4,000 years ago. Romans took place 2,000 years ago. I want you to skip to verse 18. This is how he's related to us. This is how we're related to him. Against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed. And so he became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact I mean, the facts were that his body, as a 99-year-old guy, was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. Those were the facts. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God. Verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Verse 22, that is why, this is what you've got to understand, this is why it was accredited to him as righteousness. Now, he was not a righteous man, but when he believed God, God stamped him with righteousness. Verse 23, now here's where it's you and me right here. The words... It was credit to him as righteousness were written not for him alone. Verse 24, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for those of us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse 25, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. And in the same way that Abraham believed, he wasn't a righteous guy, but he believed God. God stamped him with righteousness. In that same way, even though we're not living as righteous people, if we believe in Jesus, God will put that stamp of righteousness upon you if only you will believe God as Abraham believed God. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. 
We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.